Welcome to this video on the two most important skills in Theravada Buddhist meditation and really in all Buddhist meditation. And those are first Samatha or calm abiding meditation and second Vipassana or special insight. So I'm going to talk about what those terms mean and how they work together in our meditation practice and how together they're really designed to lead toward complete awakening, arriving at a state of ongoing bliss. This teaching was originally given as part of an Insight Timer live teaching series on types of Buddhism. So if you want to find me on Insight Timer, I'll have a link in the info box where you can find my profile. And also I created some resources to go with this series of teachings and also a mailing list so that if I do something similar in the future, you can get notified of it. So if you want to find that, all of that is free. You can just go find that in the info box and that way you'll have access to future resources when they become available. All right, enjoy the video. Welcome to this episode of Buddhist Wisdom, Modern Life. As always, I hope that you find it helpful. And if you'd like to go deeper into the basic teachings of Buddhism, please check out my free email course on the Four Noble Truths. You can find the registration link in the show notes. If you'd like to support this podcast and get access to live Q&A calls, free resources to download, ad-free episodes, and more, please check out the show notes for a link to my Patreon page. Or you can make a one-time donation instead and buy me a virtual cup of coffee. And you can always support for free when you share this episode on social media or with a friend who would enjoy it. Thank you for listening. May you and all beings be well. Probably, you know, when anyone hears Buddhism, they automatically think like, well, meditation is the main thing that people do. And that's true for some people, but historically it's been a pretty small minority of people who identify as Buddhist who actually do meditation. So I just, I want to throw that out there. Many of the beliefs and practices um, that Buddhists will, will do are making merit for your next lifetime or making offerings for a good harvest, you know, for your crops or taking your children to the temple to get them blessed. So there's a lot of just, there's a lot of stuff that goes into being Buddhist. That's kind of like if you're a Christian and you, you know, go to church on Easter or you, you know, pray to God for safety or health or, you know, for your children's well-being, like there's all that stuff too. So if you're thinking like, oh, all Buddhists are like kind of enlightened and they all meditate and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, Buddhists are pretty much like everybody else. Um, but they do have this amazing set of guidelines. You know, we have this amazing set of guidelines in the Dharma to try and keep us like on track. And there is also, you know, the, the path leads in the direction of Nibbana or Nirvana. So a lot of people don't necessarily think they're going to make it in this lifetime, but that's where they want to go eventually. And it's a very inspiring goal. Okay, so um, let's talk about, there's sort of like two major forms of meditation. Uh, and this is true for all Buddhist traditions, but it's, it's, it's something you definitely hear talked about in the Theravada. So there's kind of like two aspects to meditation. That is Samatha, and vipassana and samatha or shamatha so samatha is the ability to like focus the mind on an object so if you're doing a breath meditation and you're just resting your breath or your mind on the breath you're coming back to the breath again and again that is samatha 
you're, you're building your mind's ability to focus. Because if your mind can't focus, you really can't do anything else with it either. Like no other form of meditation is gonna, is gonna make a deep lasting impact if you can't bring your full attention to something. And the other aspect of meditation is what's called vipassana. And this word vipassana, probably people are more familiar with it now um, because vipassana retreats have become a big thing. But the word vipassana actually means, or it can be translated as like special insight. So special insight means our mind is concentrated. We're able to really focus, for instance, on the breath. We'll just use this as an example because probably every one of y'all has done this type of meditation. So if you're using the breath as your object of meditation, you're focused on it. And to add a vipassana element, for instance, you might start to wonder, well, is the breath impermanent? Can I find anything in this cycle of breath that's not changing? And if you really focus on your breath and you're looking for even a single moment of that cycle of breathing when you're, when there's nothing happening, you really can't find it. Even the pauses between the out-breath and the in-breath, the in-breath and the out-breath, like your body is alive. You're feeling things. You're, you're going from like, I just breathe out and that's comfortable to, I think I want to breathe in now to, oh my God, I really need to breathe in right now. So like things are constantly changing. The same thing with anatta, you know, if you use that focused mind in a meditation session to really wonder, where is this me that I feel like I have? There's a meditation um, where you go through all the different parts of your body. Is me like my right ear? Is it my left ear? Is it my nose? Is it the right hemisphere of my brain? Is it my amygdala? So you're going through every part of your body and like taking your body apart. So what seems like one simple thing, like it's just my body, you're realizing the incredible complexity, the way that all these different organs, you know, work together. And honestly, the way that everything is just put up, it, your body is made up of parts. So you, when you do that kind of meditation, you're beginning to understand the simple sense of body or self or me that I have is inaccurate. And then the same thing with dukkha, with unsatisfactoriness. Um, I created a meditation on my podcast. My podcast is called Buddhist Wisdom Modern Life. Um, I created a meditation that I call the dukkometer. So like you're measuring the dukkha in your experience. And that too is a form of vipassana, of insight, of like noticing the nature of reality. So as you're meditating, you're just noticing, you know, when I have like a really strong grasping, like I'm fantasizing about this like delicious thing I'm going to eat when I finish this session. Is it pleasant or unpleasant or neutral? Just every experience you have, is it pleasant, is it unpleasant, or is it neutral? You're noticing the degree of dukkha or the absence of dukkha. Maybe you just have like a moment where you're settled and everything is calm and peaceful and it just feels wonderful. Like there's almost a complete absence of dukkha in that moment. So you're just noticing because usually we assume that pleasure is gonna bring us satisfaction. And often, you know, the whole process of like longing for something, getting something, enjoying it, and then it's, it's gone and you're looking for the next fix. It actually doesn't bring us the kind of satisfaction we're looking for. So the whole process of Vipassana, part of it is about really learning to recognize these, these three characteristics of phenomena, which, which 
begins to undo the assumptions that we have about the world. We begin to bump up against our assumptions and then we can start teasing them apart. Even other forms of like spiritual traditions have their versions of Vipassana, you know, Christian mystics and, and the Kabbalah and stuff like that. Like every tradition comes up with their own way of teasing apart reality. And also every Buddhist tradition has their version of Vipassana. Sometimes they do it differently, but they're doing what they think of at least as the same basic thing.